0: Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Let's just pray that we'd receive the word of the Lord this morning. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you, Lord, for the your heart for communication, your heart for fellowship with us. Lord, your heart for to speak into our lives. Lord, even to hear as we, speak unto you as we would commune with you Lord you desire that, that fellowship you desire that communion you desire the relationship this morning I pray that there would be a stillness before you to hear what you would say into our spirit and Lord that which you've already spoken into our spirit Lord so many here you've already spoken to them regarding their lives, regarding their future, and their eternity. But Lord, while we still have time on this side of heaven, Lord, there's a work to be done. Lord, I just pray that we would be used by you in these days, in these last days. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 6 from verse 1. This is part 5 of the Holy Spirit series. And we started right after we had uh, East, our Resurrection Sunday, Good Friday and Resur- Resur- Resurrection Sunday. And, and so we've been just um, uh, focusing in on the uh, initial chapters of the book of Acts. And we've been going through. If you've missed them, uh, check out online the Holy Spirit series on, at LighthouseNiagara.com or on YouTube. Uh, you can catch it as well. And uh, take in what the Lord wants to do through His Spirit in your life. is powerful. It's powerful. Acts 6 from verse 1. And once again, I, I find the timing of this. wasn't planning uh, a month ago, two months ago that we would have a, a setting forth for ministry. But um, the timing of this is just once again, is of the Holy Spirit, to coordinate everything from one week to the next, one service to the next, and uh, that you would hear what the Lord is saying. So, from verse 1, Acts 6, verse 1, Now, in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there was an expanding of the church, there was just uh, people getting saved, and there was a multiplying, not just an adding to the church, but a multiplying to the body of Christ. So in those days, as there was this multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. Say, so who were the Hellenists? They were basically Jews that uh, were f- not from Israel, but had already been dispersed and were living in other lands from hundreds of years prior and, and even... Uh, uh, so they were especially from uh, Greece or uh, and so these Hellenists, these Jews, uh, were being ministered so too, and because their widows, so there was a complaint because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution, so times were difficult, and there was a dis- distributing of food uh, to those that were in need and uh, so there was a, a neglecting of the, the Hellenist Jews and the widows when it came to daily distribution. Then the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. So uh, even though there were 12 apostles and there was, had been a replacing of Judas, there were 12 and they were working Like there were literally probably thousands of believers in the church at that point to have 10,000, 15,000 in the church at that point. And so the apostles were ministering to the church and it got to the point as there there was an increase in the numbers and as they were taking care of the different uh, ministries, there was a need for there to be others to take on responsibility. Because there was a, as, as is written here by Luke, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God to serve on tables. At this time, that there's a ne- neglecting of the word of God being uh, taught and preached. And so, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This is put in scripture by the Holy Spirit. This was of the Lord, and um, I thank God that uh, the focus, this focus of, as a pastor, uh, overseeing a flock, the flock the Lord has entrusted me with, is the, the, the recognition, the need for others, to take part within the body of Christ. It's necessary, it's important. And this has always guided me that the focus, this prayer is communion with the Lord is not just to talk to the Lord, but also to hear from him. It's critical. It is critical in our lives, and especially as a pastor, uh, to hear from the Lord and also that the word of God would be ministered to you to be fed at this time. So, just a few traits here, I just want to highlight them. There's four things mentioned here about who should take on these tasks. So, men of good reputation, so that there would be a good reputation about these individuals that are being entrusted with with a large responsibility. And I want to say this, uh, I thank God. I, I Today, as I share with you, I haven't arrived yet either. I haven't arrived. The Lord is still doing a work on me. I recognize it. Because I, re- I recognize my flaws and I recognize my weaknesses. And I, so I know there's still work to be done on me. And so... You may say, I don't have these traits. I don't necessarily have a good reputation, maybe. But I've given my life to the Lord and I desire for Him to begin to do a work in my life. I desire for Him to change me. And I want to say this, and if there's anybody that just came to the Lord and you're still dealing with some of the the past. I want you to be encouraged. The Lord is changing you. He is changing you and he's able to do the work of change in your life. Today, this message is around the joy of the Lord, the Holy Spirit and the joy of the Lord. The the Lord rejoices as we surrender to allow the change to take place in us that we could be those of good reputation. Lord, I want to be of good reputation. And this good reputation is not just the evaluation of man, but the Holy Spirit the Father and the Son are in agreement with these individuals, these seven individuals that are mentioned by name. To say, yes, they are of good reputation. To, to get to that place despite our flaws and our faults and our weaknesses. To have a good reputation. That's why I said right off, I, I haven't arrived yet. But we can be of good rep- reputation even as we begin to surrender and yield to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to do the work of change in us, being confident of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in you will continue it until the day of the Lord. The Lord wants to do some amazing things, not just on you, but through you. Hallelujah. So, to be of good reputation, and it says full of the Holy Spirit. The degree of the Holy Spirit on your life and flowing through you is up to you. Listen, if I don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit, or I want to do things on my own, I can do things on my own. Good things. They might even, others might say, hey, that's, that's of God. Because it's something that may be good. But it may not be the will of God at that moment. Hey, I, I, that's good, but I, this is what I wanted you to do. And so being full of the Holy Spirit allows us... It, it does come down to us surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And also specifically to allow the Holy Spirit access into our our life and saying, I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I do not want the earnest, just the earnest of the Spirit. In other words, I just don't want the seal of the Spirit on my life. I want the fullness. The moment we give our life to the Lord, the seal, the earnest of the Spirit is upon us. But that the fullness of the Holy Spirit would be who we are. Like Jesus had the Holy Spirit. It says without measure. There was no measure. This, this container, you might say, well, that's, that's almost full, this glass. But to be at a point where it's not just full, full of the Holy Spirit, but that there would be a running over, just continue, just pouring over and over, and it just flowing out. As Jesus said, rivers of living water flowing from us. And he was speaking of the Spirit which would be poured out and would come to be with us. Full of the Holy Spirit. That you would seek, you might say, I, yeah, I know, I, the Holy Spirit has, has, is a, a part of my life. But That you would seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That there would not be a grieving of the Holy Spirit, but there would be a full, the fullness of the Spirit in our lives. And so they were looking for people that were full of the Holy Spirit. And it says, it's just tied right in with that same phrase. It says, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, not foolishness. I was just talking to my brother yesterday. I I believe it was Isaiah chapter 3, chapter 3. He's just saying, you know what, this is our world today. He says, basically, I will give leadership over to children and to babes. And it, there will be an oppression of the people. Because the wrong people are an authority. This, At this time, we need... Not wisdom of man. We need the wisdom of God. We need, as Paul says, he says, I, 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 was, I came to you full of a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and in power that your faith would not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. We need the wisdom of God, which will, is always linked with the power of God, the power and wisdom of God in our life. And just like it says, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Lord, let that be me doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter, as we see, there will be no indication of necessarily their background. Well, this, this person was, you know, in the church for X number of years, was an elder, or this person, you know, had gone to seminary or, or whatever. It doesn't say anything, it just says that they were, f- uh, they were men of good reputation, they were full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and it says, finally, whom we may appoint over this business. I don't know about you, but have you ever asked somebody, if you're working along with somebody and you're delegating tasks or you're saying, okay, hey, this is what needs to be done, and you're, you ask and, and the person doesn't come through for you? How do you feel? It's like, oh, man, there's a frustration because they're not realizing the responsibility of the task to, to complete the task. I know, for myself, there's times where I put off a task, we call that procrastination. Anybody ever procrastinated? <laughs> I'll tell you. You will even substitute your procrastination with doing amazing good works. It's like, okay, I'll compensate, I, I know I have to do this, and I'm procrastinating, but man, I'm going to work hard on, on whatever other project, and I'm going to get that done, and so you feel good about that, but the the thing that you need to do is still not done. It's like, oh my goodness. Here it says that we may appoint, whom we may appoint over this business. There's a, a work that needs to be done, and we need to have people that will take responsibility. They will take leadership. It is critical. I I come to realize and I recognize over the years if you don't have a leader in fact even if you put two people together and there's not a designation of authority to one of them to say hey your lead it'll be switching back and forth. There's this uncertainty about well, who's taking charge here? Somebody has to take charge. So we take, they were looking for somebody that is responsible to take the task of doing the work. And we're talking not just, hey, you go out to feed a few people. We're probably talking hundreds if not thousands of people that, that were falling short when it came to needing help. And so there is this responsibility, seven individuals saying, We will take care of this. It says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And I believe this would be not just him, but even the others as well, full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's where their faith was, in Jesus Christ and him crucified and we'll see this, I'll, I'll allude to it, because there's two chapters that are given specifically to Stephen. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of the book of Acts, 28 chapters, two of them around Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit and Philip, and Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. That's why we prayed this morning, to lay hands on and set forth for ministry. And once again, I didn't know a month or two ago, uh, because some of these individuals are just coming forward this morning. We're going to have four others that are coming forward that we pray to set forth for ministry. I'm, I'm excited about the about the timing of the message and the, and the Holy Spirit in all of this. Hallelujah. So this thing of, of laying on of hands, it's first mentioned in, in Numbers 27, verse 18. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. There is a appointing it, designating for office, for ministry, for some kind of work that needed to be done. In this case, initially, in Numbers 27, it was Moses who was watching over and leading the people, the people of God, from Egypt, out of Egypt, through the wilderness, to go to into the promised land. And here Joshua is now taking over from Moses, as he would lead the people into the promised land and all that needed to be done, even as they would, that land was occupied and they would basically have to be led by the Lord to fight against the, uh, an enemy and enemies and other what, that were much greater than they were. A setting forth. I like what it says. Then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. This individual of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, and willing to accept responsibility. Let me just say this. Within the church or the the body of Christ, this local body of believers. There's work that, that is, has to be done on a weekly basis. And I just want to say thank you to all those that have been uh, responsible and committed to do various tasks. That there's, a, there's a, a, an accepting of responsibility. Yesterday, uh, I, I know there was a call for... Uh, to, to help out with our our work be here at the church. And uh, there was a number of individuals that came. And there, there's been a, a slight shift. Because in the past, there was an older generation that was spearheading some of the, even the work around the church. And if you have a chance to go by the flower beds in the area, and even the driveways, has been uh, cleared off of a lot of the stone along the side that builds up over the winter time. And it was amazing how much work was done. And there was, I was looking at the generation, the generations that were there. And of my generation and, and even my mother, uh, there was only, there was four of us. But there was about 15 others that were the next generation. I want to say thank you. To all of those, yeah. And the, and the thing that got me was how quickly the work was accomplished. And that's the thing about committing, as we commit to a task, to, to accomplish a task, and especially as the Holy Spirit would empower us and we would be full of the Holy Spirit and to accept responsibility and say, Lord, let your will be done in my life. Let your will be done in my life. You're saying, Pastor, I haven't um, heard anything about the joy of the Lord. You haven't mentioned anything of the joy of the Lord. In Hebrews, actually, let me just read the, the last two verses again. Acts 6 verse 7, 8. It says, Then the word of God spread. So in verse 1, it says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, so there was already a multiplying, but now it even as it's interesting that as they took on task, the task of ministering to the, the widows and those that needed help at that point, that it, it just continued to spread. The word of God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. I was just out of curiosity. I wanted to look up, what what does Stephen mean? The the meaning of Stephen is crowned, means crowned. We'll see how this ties in a little bit uh, with chapter 7 as well. But the joy of the Lord, may I say this, I am only a, a man, but yesterday I was rejoicing in the time and the, the work that was accomplished. In fact, I rejoice not just about yesterday, but in what is going on and happening in your lives as you surrender to the Lord Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus in your life and the changes that are taking place in your life. It brings great joy joy to me. And it says, in Hebrews 13, verse 17, it says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. Speaking specifically, this is speaking about pastors. Listen, I'm not here to, when it comes to ruling over you, is to say, hey, I'm, I'm like a dictator and, and uh, my my role as a pastor is to yeah, watch over you to feed you and that you are spiritually, that there's a growth that's taking place in your life obey those who rule over you and I say, submit to the Lord Jesus Christ, hear his word, do his word grow, mature be fruitful, be blessed be protected by the Lord, it's an automatic it's a given in the storms of life, as you heed the word of God, you will be protected. You will be blessed, even in the storms of life. So it goes on to say, as they who watch out for your souls, as those who must give account. I have to give an account one day before the Lord of my responsibility as a pastor. The Lord called me to be a pastor. It's not something that I chose. He called me and I said, yes, Lord. He prepared me for it. I say, thank you, Lord, for preparing me to oversee the flock. And one day I must give an account. Let, listen, and that account is not just when I stand before the Lord Jesus Christ because that'll be my responsibility or what I've done as I stand before the Lord. But part of it is even now to give an account. So listen to the next phrase very carefully. It says, Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. You say, Pastor, do you rejoice over people? I just, absolutely. I rejoice over people. You say, what about grieving? Do you grieve over people? I do. I grieve. And it is usually, in fact, it is every time a person does not do the word of God in their life, I grieve. And it's not profitable for you. Not because of me just grieving. Because if I grieve over somebody that is not following the Lord, is not committed to the Lord, I'll tell you right now, if I grieve... How much more the Lord, and it is not a blessing to you. So, today is about the joy of the Lord. That the joy of the Lord would be that you would make the heart of God glad. Lord, I want to make your heart glad. I want that you would rejoice in who I am, regardless of my weaknesses. We we have weaknesses, but the Lord says that His grace is sufficient for us, that His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Because there's a necessity and a need for us to depend on the Lord, recognizing, man, I'm flawed and I'm faulted. Man, do I need the Lord. And the Lord is saying, I want to give you my grace. I want to give you my, my strength in your weaknesses. And He is there for you, Lord. Let your spirit... Be all over me. Let your spirit fall upon me. Let your spirit be in me. That you would have joy. I want to. I heard this years ago from a pastor. Can't remember what his name was. I want to say John Maxwell. Anyways, he made an interesting comment. He says, you can always, while you're still living, you can make a brand new end. Doesn't matter what has happened in the past. Yeah, it may have impacted you with decisions and, and things, doing stuff apart from God, or even with the Lord, and you're just saying, well, I'm going to do my own thing, or whatever. And, and you know, oh man, that's been so detrimental. Either I'm going in circles, or I'm in a rut, or, or I, I just recognize I reap what I sow here even with the negative. But with the Lord, as long as you're still breathing, you can make a brand new end. Thank God for His grace and mercy that we can make a brand new end, even if we've messed up in the past. And So I would encourage you at this time, with the time that we have left, that there would be the joy of the Lord, that He would be glad with who I am, who you are, before him, Lord, let, my, let your heart be glad over who I am. And I just want to say this, going back to Hebrews 13, verse 17, if I rejoice, how much more the Lord? I'm just a man. The Lord has entrusted me with a flock. But if I rejoice, how much more does the Lord rejoice? Yesterday, even as we were working and doing things, my heart rejoiced because of the willingness to do things that were not necessarily pleasant. And the interaction between those of you that as you were working side by side, it made my heart rejoice as we worked together just to do a physical chore here at the church. And how much more does my heart rejoice when you are doing things that will also impact others for an eternity, to see them come to know the Lord? My heart rejoices over the faithfulness, over the fruitfulness of your lives and the honoring of the Lord and what he has given you. I'm going to honor the Lord with with what he has given to me. That some of the things that are happening at the church at this point, there's an inviting of others that don't know the Lord into the house of the Lord. Or maybe there's an inviting, a sharing of, of some of the, the messages online. Hey, I want to share that message with somebody that doesn't know the Lord or somebody that needs to be encouraged. What I see happening at the church here is people taking responsibility and there's an expanding of ministry, so much here at the church even in the last two years especially in the last few years there's been an expanding of ministry, there's leadership, people taking responsibility, saying I will take charge of that area, you can leave it with me there's ministry taking place there's faithfulness in all strands of ministry there's nine strands of ministry here at the church that you can get involved in nine different strands, everything from from evangelism and, and prayer to maintenance and, and worship and everything in between. So there's a fruitfulness. And if it makes my heart glad, how much more does it make the heart of the Lord glad? What makes the heart of God glad? And I, I, I want to read this passage and I know sometimes it's like, oh. Once again, I, I just want to say to you, you can make a brand new end. Just quickly, I'm going to read quickly. Matthew 25 from verse 14. You know this passage. And it's about the kingdom of heaven. It's an illustration of the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven is in heaven. There are certain uh, beings in the kingdom of heaven. There's God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We have angels, cherubims, seraphims. We have living creatures. We have... uh, many the multitudes of people that have already gone before us that are in heaven. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And just regarding the kingdom of heaven, let me just say this. In the Lord's Prayer, it says, in this manner, before you pray, our Father, or in this manner, therefore, pray. This is how like, like this, this is the manner that you can pray. You can break up this, this, this prayer that the Lord taught his disciples and into different sections, just very powerful. But I just want to focus in on the second statement. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's a glorifying acknowledgement and exalting a worship of our Father in heaven. Then it says, and this is what I want to focus in, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God, I'll tell you, in heaven, there is that which is of order. There is that which is of beauty and majesty, as there's a glorifying of of the Godhead. His will is being carried out in heaven. Everything that God says, even to this day, even to this time, even to all that's going on right now, The Lord said, this is how it's going to be in the last days as things play out. And we're living it right now. We're living in the last days. But he says, your will, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in this illustration of the kingdom of heaven, it's it's like a man traveling to a far country. And he called his servants and delivered his goods to them. And he's saying, I want my will to be done in your life. Servants, That's us. I want my will to be done in your life. We're talking about making the heart of God glad. Let your will be done. Totally. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us. The fullness of the Spirit. And it goes on to say, Matthew 25, verse 15. And to one he gave five talents. Now, talents are a term of financial amount or a financial if it was silver or even gold if it was gold if he gave them five talents of gold we are talking millions and millions of dollars probably a hundred a hundred million dollars saying hey this is i'm giving you responsibility over this to another he gave two talents and to another one to each according to his own ability And immediately he went on a journey. So, I want you to know that the Lord has given to each and every one of you talents. According to your ability, according to what you can handle. And so there's there's different levels of responsibility that the Lord gives to us. And you know what? Lord, whatever you give me, according to my ability let your will be done in my life. Then he who had received the five five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. So if it was gold, there would have been a doubling from 100 million to 200 million in value regarding the gold. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money and after a long time the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them so you might say have I as a believer been given anything any responsibility first Peter 4 verse 10 says as each one has received a gift so yes Each one of you has been given a gift as a a child of God. Or gifts. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Then it says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Not just what I want to say, but Lord, what would you have me say? I want to speak the things of God. So, one of the things that the Lord has given to possibly given to you is the, the thing of speaking the things of God to minister to others, whether they are saved or not. Do we do that? If anyone ministers, so there's one is about speaking, and then it says, if anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. So there's this thing of the fact that God is saying, if you're going to minister minister in the power that God supplies, let him do your your ministry with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let it be. Use your gifts. When you wake up in the morning, you know there's certain things that will be done in the day because you, from week to week we have schedules. We have schedules for particular days, perhaps. Say, on this day, well, hey, I'm, I'm working from Monday to Friday. Or this is my schedule for this week, work-wise. Or this is, I know, hey, I know the schedule of church, of being in the house of the Lord. And as I'm able to, I will be in the house of the Lord, especially as we see the day of the Lord approaching. So we have certain things that we, we, we know that are part of our routine. However, in that given day that there would be this willingness to say, Lord, whatever you have for me to do today, whether it's speaking, the oracles of God, or ministry, to minister in some way, let me do those two things today. Or let me do those things. And so I'm willing to be used by you. I, I, I just want to say, I find that my days, yeah, I have certain days doing certain things as a pastor. And, but it's amazing the things that come up and it's just like so unexpected. And it's like, okay, Lord, let me speak certain things. Let me speak. And if you're willing to be used by God with your mouth the Lord will allow you doors opening to speak into other people's lives. If you're open to be a minister to others, the Lord will use you to minister to others because he will put those people in your lives. Yes, Lord. To make the heart of God glad with the ability that God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen, let it be. And as I look around this place, I see the faces of individuals. I just say, thank you, Lord, for people that are saying, yes, use me. Even whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's during free time, whether it's whatever it may be. Sometimes we say, ah, no. I got this task to do. So I had a task to do over the last few weeks. In fact, my neighbor had come to me a a few months back and said, Dave, you know what? We share a common fence. And I have some trees and shrubs and bushes around along two of the posts. I didn't even notice it because they were covered. But he has to go walk past it if he's going to his backyard so he could see that two of the posts were already leaning so they had broken off they were just at the bottom or rotted to a certain extent so there's no more strength in the in the post and uh, so they had to be replaced so i had anyways long story short we had this work to do and it was like i got to get this done so I, we set up a time and we worked together do you know what <laughs> as we're open to be used by the lord the conversations that I had with my neighbor, I would never have had if I didn't have this project to do with him. We had conversations. And I was able to share with him what, what the Lord is doing. And so there was, a, there was an excitement about him as well as to what the Lord is doing. that God would be glorified in who we are, the things we say and the things we do. I want to say, my brother, the work that you did yesterday was out of your way. You could have been doing other things. You could have been making money at the job with your your business. You chose to say, no, this is what I'm going to do today. And it took most of your day, entire day, ministry that is done without a word. Even if there's nothing that was said, the ministry that is done in our actions. And they will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We are a witness, we are a light to those that are in darkness just by the things we do without even saying a word. And it brings joy to the Lord. His heart is glad when he sees... The father's heart is glad when he sees his children doing the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so it says here in Matthew, verse 22. Or actually going back to verse 20, it says, So he, had, who, he who had received five talents came and brought five of the talents, saying, Lord, you li- delivered to me five talents. You gave this responsibility to, to me. Look, I have gained five more talents. There's been an increase, a doubling. His, his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Listen, this is the part that I like. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The joy of the Lord. It's like the, the Lord is happy. The Lord is glad. I'll tell you, heaven is going to be an amazing, happy place. A blessed place. It is a, for us to, be, to get there. But it is a place of joy. The joy of the Lord. And the joy is there even as we are faithful. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard, or sorry, let me read verse 22. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord again. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Well done. Well done. I didn't know exactly, I knew I was preaching around this chapter, but yesterday there was this, I made a comment to a few people yesterday, I made a comment to, to the whole group as, as there was a finishing, hey, thank you so much, a job this, that was done for all of you for coming, thank you so much. And to individ- some of the individuals, even as I just was passing by, there's one individual doesn't go to this church. Was here yesterday, and he's and he take a look at all the shrubs on the front side and along this, It's like <laughs> unbelievable the 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 trimming of those shrubs. Just the trimming, and I just a young man. I don't know. He's in his late teens or early twenties, and uh, And just did an amazing job just in trimming. I had another young man that, uh, well, all of you, just the the joy that, that you brought me yesterday in this work, once again, it was just yesterday, it was yesterday, but there's other times where I see the, the joy that you bring me. But there's another young man that uh, stayed way past to just clean up. And, and get all the stone off that section over on that side, which just piled up and just on the driveway, stayed a number of hours after, because I know I was here and uh, with a couple, and, and two hours later, there, I, this individual is still around, and I'm just saying, wow, made my heart glad. Makes my heart glad. And how much more the Lord... Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not uh, scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. You gave me this, I'm giving it right back to you. I bury it and I give it right back to you. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. I find it interesting that the Lord, the responsibility to given to the individuals saying, I want you to not only I gave you that at the beginning, I, that there would be an increase and expanding of what I've given you and you get to keep it. And it is here, this thing is talking about money specifically. He says, shouldn't you put it in the bank with interest? And here he is saying, take that talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. There's another increase. Listen, I'm not talking about finances here. Finances will come and go. But I definitely would say, hey, the finances that we have, that we would be good stewards of our finances, but especially the things the Lord has put into our life outside of our finances, that the Lord, that you would be faithful. Don't bury. Listen, some of you, I say this with all of, some of you. Use your talents. All of you, let's use our talents before the Lord returns. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the darkness, outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's like, oh, Lord, let me use what you've given me. Let me not make light of you're gifting into my life, let me be an oracle, let me be a minister and we say pastor that's that's a bit of a downer. I'm not going to be straight up with you. one day we're all going to stand as believers we're going to stand before the Lord for goodness' sake, there are some that will be saved like a brand out of the fire. You just barely made it that we would not be in that place that the Lord that we would not be bending ahead I can just I just get this picture of a Oh, it's like, and this, man, I could have done so much more with what you gave me, Lord. I don't want us to be in that position. And like I say, in these last days, the Lord wants to pour out his spirit to help us to do the work of the Lord. There's a harvest out there that needs to be brought in that we would bring in a mighty, mighty harvest And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. Cilicia is Asia Minor, which today is Turkey. Paul, or Saul, was from Cilicia, or Cilicia, from Tarsus, Paul of Tarsus. Tarsus is a city in uh, Cilicia, or Asia Minor. It was most likely Paul, or Saul, disputing, being one of the lead voices against Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Not his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And then they secretly induce men to say we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God, and they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him to the council. They also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words, blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say, this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face, saw Stephen's face as the face of an angel as a face of a messenger, as a face of, of someone speaking the things of God. Then the high priest said, Are these things so? And he said, Brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in, in Her- Haran or Haran. And then Stephen begins to recount the history right from Abraham right through to Solomon. And he's talking about uh, when God spoke uh, to the people and through the prophets, and they the people resisted what God was saying. And in Acts 7:47. So it goes on the whole chapter, going through. If you want a, a history of, of of from Abraham, just read chapter seven. You get a whole history that Stephen says, and he's he's going to make a point, and he's making a point throughout. And he's let me read. But Solomon Solomon built him a house, built God a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says. And this is what the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? Can we actually contain God in a building? And yet God desires to be in us. To live in us, a temple of the holy Spirit verse fifty one now then he goes on like it's like, Stephen, what are you saying what are you what are you saying now like he is not listen, we as Canadians for the most part are very um, um, non confrontational like we we 're not like in the states where they're more Vocal about things, we have some that may be a little bit more vocal. But listen to what he says to the priests and and those gathered there, and this is a very uh, important thing because they had the power, according to the law, to do certain things. So here's Stephen. He says, "You stiff-necked." And uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. As God would speak, you resist. You are stiff necked and uncircumcised. And the Jews were about the covenant with Abraham, which had to do with circumcision. And so he's saying, Well, you're uncircumcised. You're not of Abraham. You're stiff necked and you resist the Holy Spirit which the prophets did your fathers which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute and they killed those who foretold the coming of a just one so now he's starting to he's talking about the just one talking about Jesus of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it you guys murdered the just one When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. In other words, they were seething mad with what was being said. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I want to, this, this came to me a number of years back when I read through this, and it just hit me hard. It says that Jesus, he says in Matthew 28, it says all power and authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All power and authority because of the death, his death and resurrection. And it, there's an ascending, and, he, and Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. So on the right, on, on the Father's right hand, Jesus is seated. But here it says he's standing. Stephen was the first martyr for Jesus. You might say, how did he die? Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord, ran at Stephen, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. In other words, he died. Can you imagine dying by by stoning? Lord, why would you allow this even to happen? And here, Stephen is seeing Jesus, is standing up. And there's a a realization as he gets up off the throne, his throne, and he's standing up as Stephen, in the power of the Holy Spirit, does not compromise the word of God. And there is... A rebuke against the, the religious leaders of that time. And even as they would stone him, he says, Forgive them. Now, I mentioned and alluded to Saul earlier, disputing. We know that Saul, if there is any man that is great in the New Testament, is Peter or Saul. Peter for the Jews, but Saul or Paul for the Gentiles, for us. We are saved as a result of the preaching that began to the Gentiles to us 2,000 years ago by Saul, who they laid Stephen's coat or whatever at his feet. And this thing, Stephen giving his life at that moment without compromise, we we don't know for sure, but it must of impacted Saul so much that when he went to Damascus and he was continuing to persecute the believers and they were scattered all over the place because he was persecuting. But when he met on the road to Damascus and he met Jesus as a voice, that light just shone on him and and, and that voice that thundered and knocked him off his horse, there, there was this thing of, of, of receiving of Jesus Christ as Messiah because the one that Stephen preached was of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the crucified one that they had murdered. And there was an impact in Paul's life, in Saul's life. I like how in, in, in Acts chapter 13, it talks about, it switches up until ch- chapter 13 Paul is not called Paul, it's Saul. And then after that, it becomes Paul. And once again, looking at the meaning of the names, the, the name Saul means desired. Saul means desired. Do you know what Paul means? Small or little. From desired to small or little, little just like John the Baptist, says, that he would increase, that I would decrease. Saul had no problem, as we read in chapter 13, 13, to be called Paul. I would prefer to be called Paul. He doesn't say that, but it says in that verse, I think it's verse 6 or 9, it says, Paul, or Saul, also known as Paul. And then it changes. You never hear of Saul again with that name, just by Paul. The impact it had on on us 2,000 years later, and it cost Stephen his life. Can I have the, uh, the worship team come forward? Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.